Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Thank you, Irving, and hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tornado Tag Radio here on NOTLG.com. We are going to talk about the G1 special in the USA. We're going to preview Great Balls of Fire. We're going to talk about the PWG event that's tomorrow, and we are going to also talk about those BOLA participants. My name is John, and joining me this week, as always, is the Trent... To my Rocky Romero, Marianne. Hi. What's going on? Nothing. Um, yeah, so you have done that one before, but that's good because I am Trent. I make the same facial expressions as that dude. It's embarrassing. You would know that if you watch Best Friends. You know, I also, now that I think about it, and we're, we're going to get right into the G1 here, um, I have a picture that I need to send you that I took of their, their um, entrance video. And it's just Trent making a ridiculous face. Uh, so I need That's to... all he does. He's I... the best. I love him. I forgot to send that to you. I took it mainly because I saw the face flash on the screen a couple of times. I'm like, I need to take a picture of this for Marianne. Did you get the Snapchat I sent you? Just now? Yes. <laughs> and we will talk about that. I forgot to say we're we going will... to... So you... Okay. We're going to gloss over Raw and, and what Smackdown. you've seen of and SmackDown, and talk about what you've seen. You saw the rap battle, right? Yeah, or as we'll, I called it, the we'll, slam poetry battle. Oh, we'll get to it. Okay, perfect. So, um, how are you? I guess is the first question before we get into things. Um, I'm doing good. I painted my room, or I painted it with my stepdad, and then I redecorated everything. Um, trying to make it look like a 16 year old does not live in here. Um, I think I kind of succeeded. I just have a lot of tchotchke knickknacks that I don't really have anywhere to put. But I have a desk job now, so I can put my tchotchke knickknacks on my desk. desk, Yeah, Uh, which I did do. Your room looks fine, by the way. Yeah, I sent pictures to John. It looks pretty good. I I was a lot. Hold on, no, I was at your house on the Fourth of July. I have to get a new. Yeah, John was at my house on the Fourth of July. You guys. Yeah. Happy. Sixth, no, seventh. It would be the seventh of July. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I have to get a new Germany poster because the Deutschland uh, poster I have only has three stars on it, and it oh. needs to have four. Um, gonna rub that in your face there, Chris Brazilian Fury, because you know you're Brazilian and we beat you in 2014, and I'm gonna keep talking about that for the next ten years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing pretty good. I've been have um, I was off on Monday and Tuesday. Lucky. So I only had work yesterday and today, but I came into work to 20 voicemails and I immediately called my coworker and I was like, hey, so I have 20 voicemails. I'm going to reject every incoming call. So you're going to have to pick those up while I take care of these. <laughs> so it's it's good, I guess. We didn't record last week and... No, yeah. we did not. Yeah. But here we, we are. Back slack again. And here we are recording now. And you moved offices. So you work somewhere. You work for the same place, but you work in a different place now. Yes. Right? I um, moved offices this weekend. I actually wasn't here for the move, uh, but 
yeah, we are moved into our new spot and I, my commute is now 20 to 30 minutes less every day, which is awesome. Whoa. Yeah. Takes me 20 minutes to get to work and it takes me about 20 to get back. So it's very nice to not. It takes me literally three minutes to get to work. (laughs) Well, that's great. Yeah. I'm really lucky, but I don't want my time management to get all fucked up because of that. Because Lord knows I love to be late. You? Yes. I'm late to everything all the time. (laughs) No. Really? Fuck off. (laughs) Um. (laughs) All right. So, obviously, I'm doing... I think we need to say a uh, belated happy birthday to uh, podcast listener Dan. Yes, Dan. Happy birthday. Uh, It was the 4th of July, correct? Yes, it was. What an appropriate birthday for a Canadian. Exactly. Very apropos. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah. But yeah, happy birthday, Dan. Yes, Dan. You're a good dude. And it was a, yet, a very Yeti birthday, I hope. I, I, It sounded like it was. It Excellent. sounded like it was. So I was at the G1 specials this weekend, or the G1 special in USA, as it is uh, apparently called. And it was fantastic. It was everything I could have hoped for and more. Um, I did record with Courtney. I, I, I stayed with Courtney. Courtney and I uh, shared a hotel room, and she watched me watch the Doctor Who finale while she did her makeup. It was, you know, the nerdiest she, thing ever. And she didn't freeze to death from you blasting the air conditioner oh, inevitably? Well, guess what? Guess, what? Guess who else likes it cold? Oh, Courtney. It was awesome. She was like, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to turn the air conditioner on. And actually, when I think I had, um, had gotten up to see what she set it to, she didn't set it to the lowest setting. So, Courtney, if you're listening, we could have went to 60. <laughs> that would have been fine. This AC goes to 60. Why not just make it louder? <laughs> these but go- it goes to 60. But these go to 60. None more cold. <laughs> It could have been none more cold, but oh man! Anyway, you guys are polar bears. John and Courtney are polar bears. <laughs> um, had a lovely time with Courtney. It was it was fantastic. I guess meeting her in person, even though I mean, you know, we have the internet and technology. So I mean, I've seen her and I've spoken to her, and you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say I had a fucking fantastic time. You fucking better have. And All those pictures that you posted were fucking great. Oh, my God. And I was very happy for you. I was so happy that you got to meet all, like, that you got to meet Chris. Yeah. Yeah, all those people. It's so great. I just with I wish Keith was there. I wish Keith was there, too, but I met a lot of cool people. Um, I'm going to try to remember them all. I met two of um, Courtney's friends. Uh, Ellen and Greg, and they were super awesome. They were as cool as cool can be. Those were my two new friends I made. I I didn't I don't really know if I met anybody else. Um, I will confirm that Courtney is indeed a celebrity. Um, I will confirm that it was crazy. Like people were coming up to her constantly, and it was it was pretty cool. Honestly, it's like going to Fanime with Lily. Yes. It was yeah. like that, but I think it might have been more intense. No way. Yeah. Okay, so John and I went to Fanime last year with this girl, Lily, and she knows everybody. So literally every 10 feet, it was, oh my God, hi. And it was overwhelming. It was a little overwhelming. So, 
I pity you, John. I'm sorry. No, it was fine. It was a lot of fun. I met a lot of new people that way. And um, basically, we we hung out with uh, Greg and Ellen for most of the time. And it was it was awesome. They're very good people. Um, also, um, David Strider Snake. Who he's the best. I, I can also confirm that he is the best. And apparently, I love him so much. He takes care of me every time I'm at PWG. He's just a good guy. Yes, he is a confirmed good dude all around. I believe he is a great ambassador for uh, the LA area and PWG and just wrestling in general. Oh my uh, god, I 100% agree with that. Like, super... if you, he he takes care of his own, and I really appreciate that, especially as a, a female wrestling fan. Yeah, sometimes it, it's easy to feel a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, but he constantly will make sure he has this way of always enjoying himself, but always keeping other people in like in check as far as whether or not they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. And I think that's really important and it comes kind of effortless to him. And I am so grateful for his existence. He's fantastic. Yeah, he is amazing. He also apparently is an avid listener to this podcast. No fucking way. He told me that he's like, yeah, you guys do great. I love listening to you guys. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome that you listen. Oh, my to God. So, well, yeah. I will see you today, David, if you are listening to this, because today would be PWG Day. Yes, it would indeed be PWG Day. I mean, I mean we will get to that. I'm just trying to f- think of who yeah, else. We will. I ran into Richard. Hello, Richard. It's not hard to run into Richard. Um, He's only like well, 10 skyscrapers Let tall. me tell you how I ran into Richard because it was very funny. Um, I, as promised, took a bathroom break when... Um, Togi Makabe? No, Togi Makabe was not there. Um, oh my God, how happy were you? I was very happy. But as soon as uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi came out, I said, it's time to go to the bathroom. Um, I think everyone said that. There was a nice line and I, I was... I was in line and I was almost into the bathroom and I was like, I would like to use one of the stalls because we all know I'm weird about public bathrooms. Um, Except that one public bathroom right before the grapevine. That's like the nicest public bathroom ever. Yes. Very nice bathroom. There's stickers on their mirrors and it smells really nice and they yeah. have like cute decorations. Yeah. It's very... Way to go, Mini Mart. Yeah. They did a good job in there. So I'm, I tell the guy behind me, I'm like, oh, it's cool, dude. Go ahead. I'm waiting for the stall. And I turn around and the stall's opening and it's Richard. No way. And he's like, hey, I'm not going to shake your hand right now. And I said, that's, <laughs> I'm like, that's fair. And I was like, I'll see you outside. So I went outside and uh, hung out with him for a little while. That's and, so funny. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, hung out with Annie for a little while as well. Oh, I love Annie so much. Annie's the best. She's... I get to see her tomorrow. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm jealous, even though I just saw her for basically two days straight. I love that you ran into Richard. When I saw Richard at APW, it's the way, okay, the way that one would run into Richard is when you see his head, two heads above everyone else in a crowd. Yes. That's how you run into him. Yeah, basically. He's like 6'5". He's huge. Yeah, he's gigantic. With like bleached hair. You can't miss him. He's no. very easy to spot. Um, I also ran into Wendell. Which was also great. an easy person to spot. Like I actually passed him and went. I didn't. Re- it didn't register that it was Wendell. And as I was past him, I yelled Wendell and turned around, and he saw me, and we hung out for a little while as well. Um, That's very cinematic the way you explain that. It seems like, like yeah, basically, I saw my friends Matt and Juan, and they hung out with us for a little while too. It's been a, been a while since I've seen them, but um, yeah. Also, AJ from uh, Spinning Heel Kick Podcast. The longest podcast name of all time. Hey, it's a good name. Yeah, it's a great move. 
Yeah, it is a great move. Saw him, hung out with him for a little while. He wanted me to go get drinks with him, but I'm like, dude, I got to wake up super early tomorrow. I'm sorry. He was only there for the day, but he, you know, he what? flew. What? A- yeah, he flew though. Huh? He flew in because he's yeah. he's got that podcast money. <laughs> Makes no sense. We're gonna have him on the show again soon. Okay, good. I just don't know when. I got to figure that out because we're big time now. Apparently, that the- now we're I'm not, real self conscious. We're not. Well. We're not big time, but I mean, I, I don't know. The numbers are up. I don't understand it, but the numbers are up. Yeah. They're going to go down promptly after this. No. (laughs) So we're going to kick it over to me and Courtney talking about night one. Um, This is from our hotel. I let me tell you, we were both pretty beat. So if if it sounds like we're kind of dragging, it's because we are. So uh, we'll kick it over to that and then we'll uh, come back and I will talk about night two. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode, a very special episode of Tornado Tag Radio here on notlg.com my name is john and we are well we i guess the we is uh courtney is here hello courtney hi how's it going really good (laughs) (laughs) uh we are live at the uh the days in in a undisclosed location we just got back from night one of the g1 special in the usa and uh it was goddamn amazing (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Incredible. And that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to um, this podcast. We put a lot of work into it, and that's about it. Uh, no, um, it was... Uh, I don't even know where to start. I guess you could start at the beginning. Go for which it. It's usually good. Yeah, nice place. Um, so the venue, super nice. I thought It's it was a good a, spot for wrestling, especially a bigger show like that. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed, it kind of looked like we were going to an aquarium. I thought that was fun. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, the venue's super nice, like, just the surrounding area. It's in downtown Long Beach. Really cool venue. Um, we got in, I don't know, I was just so happy. I was just so happy to be, <laughs> like, you know how, like, you see the the hard cam shows that they do, just, like, the one the one camera and they showed the ring and the crowd and I'm like, man, I was in that shit. Yeah. It was so cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, merch line. I think that that was the first thing we did. We yeah. got immediately into the merch line. Which was impossible. Yeah, it was uh, very impossible. And I don't, <laughs> I think, uh, what did you say? How much did they sell? Um, Jack said that there was 75%, 75 to 80% sold out. And that that's all they have. So everything that they have, like, tomorrow, like, 20% of what they brought, and that's it. Like, there's nothing else. So There's no restocking. Yeah. That kind of sucks, because uh, I don't think either one of us got a single thing of merch. Nope. Which, it was, like, over an hour wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got there at 4, 4.30, right? Yeah. We got there at, like, 4. Yeah. And we, by the time we got in. We walked in, immediately got in line. The line management... I mean, if there's anything I could complain about the show, it was that the line management wasn't good. Yeah. And that's it, really. Um, and we saw a couple of people. We talked to a bunch of friends, which was uh, always great. Wrestle friends are the best friends. They are. And um, I thought this, this card from top to bottom was pretty good. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. It was a solid one. It was a good... Um, 
like it was it was stacked nicely to get kind of everybody in between yeah. today and tomorrow and everybody having like kind of a little a little spot to do yeah without it being like 900 giant 10 man tags yes so well i mean we started i think the nine off with a 10 man tag yeah 10 man tag was which the was first pretty thing. cool it was chaos which is beretta now see here's the thing do we call him trent or do we call him beretta in in new japan is it beretta it's beretta in new japan wasn't it trent at one point um, I don't know. It was Beretta spelled a different way. Yes. There's like 12 that. different versions of his spelling of his name, where I think it's at the point that Trent doesn't even know how to spell his last name. He probably doesn't. No. But yeah, he's just Beretta in New Japan. So it's Beretta, Mark and Jay Briscoe, Rocky Romero, and Will Ospreay, which is the the way Wikipedia has it, which I feel like they should have the tag teams next to each other. Yeah. Like Rocky, that's a weird Briscoe sandwich. And nobody wants to be nobody in a wants, sandwich. Nobody wants that. And they took on the Bullet Club, which was Bad Luck Fale, Marty Scroll, Young Bucks, and Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, this was fun. Fun opener. Yeah, it was a good one opener. Um, I like that they started with Scroll and Osprey. Yes. Because every time anything starts with Scroll and Osprey, I don't care how many times I've seen it, a little part of my soul is happy. And by was, a little part, yeah. I mean the entire thing. The entire soul. Oh, they're so good together, and I love them both so yes. much. That Osprey uh, Spanish fly was fucking sick. Oh, my sick. God. I mean, his Spanish fly is always awesome. Yes. It just looked really, really great in that venue. Um, it was, I re- like, Bullet Club was, they were the first team out. Mm-hmm. And it was just really cool to see Marty with them. Yeah, Because, I mean, like, I is. haven't seen that. Uh, he's got a great look. I love that jacket. It's just good I love times. His, I love his mask and how it's yes, like the the plague mask. The plague mask, yeah. but it's also like a bedazzled plague mask. <laughs> yes, I like that Marty Skrull has this thing where he's like very. I don't know how to how to say it. He's very masculine and very like uh-huh. talented and strong, but there's also like that little touch of camp to him. <laughs> like his he's 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 very like typical alpha male and then he has like beautiful jackets covered in fur and yes. rhinestones and I just love it. I just think it's such a good, you know, cuz Bullet Club I think at least like the elite and Marty are all such hams. Yes. He just fits in so perfectly with them and now I just want to go back and watch the Being the Elite stuff with Marty because it's so fucking good. <laughs> um, who got pinfall in this? Um, let me think. Chaos won. Chaos won, yes. I want to say it was... It wasn't Osprey. It was... It had to have been Rocky or... Beretta. Beretta. Yeah, it was one of the two of them. I, I know for sure. It was definitely one of the two of them, but I cannot remember which one. Did they pin a young buck? I can't even remember. I don't know. I don't think it was. Either way, Chaos wins yeah, the I opener. And then we had uh, Los Ingobernables. Los. Which uh, was Bushi, Evil, Takahashi, and Sonata taking on Dragon Lee, Jushin Thunder Liger. Titan and Volador Jr. Um, this was apparently the shortest match on the card. Really? It was only clocked in at six minutes and forty four wow, seconds. I don't 
even it's always funny because sometimes i feel like matches are like so long yeah and then i'll look at the the listing or like um you'll hear it you know when they announce and they're like five minutes have passed and i'm just like really yeah like it got i think the kenny omega match um i think it got like 15 minutes in or something like that and they said 15 and i was like huh yeah like it just was like throwing it was just such a i don't know such a weird shock sometimes when it comes to like the timing and yeah. then sometimes it's like wow i feel like this match has been going on forever and it's been like five minutes yes. passes and i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> and then sometimes it's been 20 and i'm like wait there's only a 25 minute time limit what the fuck is going on you yeah. know like one of those situations so it's kind of odd how they have the timing yeah i mean it's a short little match uh takahashi gets the pin on someone i can't remember who it was but i mean lij won so yeah and liger oh. was super over yes as he should be agreed oh, love liger i feel like i need a little more dragon lee in my life honestly dragon lee is so great he's amazing so great oh put hiramu and and dragon lee in a match together forever please yes Thank they you. got the hot tag for yeah, each other's team and came did. in and that was cool that was great um then we had the first singles match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship Tournament. That's mm-hmm. a lot of words. This is Jay Lethal taking on Hangman Page. What did you think of this match? Um, I only saw the last half of it. That's right. Because I went to pee and check out the merch. I forgot about that. Which the line was con- still as long as it was when we left it. So I yeah. just gave up on the merch hunt at that point. Um, so I only saw like par- parts of it. So I only saw Hangman's like usual back flippy or whatever that f- I didn't even know what that move is the out the, the thing outside, on the outside the, yeah, shooting, the star. shooting star press on the outside um I don't know if it has a name or anything but I saw that um I like the Jay Lethal one I yes. like Jay Lethal a lot actually yeah and I like I like when he has good things happen to him but it's just one of those things where I think like I don't know. I don't want New Japan to try and make it happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like it just kind of has to happen. Yeah. So um, it's just a weird like that. It, that whole match was like it felt like a weird shoehorned in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Didn't spot it? in a weird way. Not that either of them are bad wrestlers. Cause no. They're not. They're both quite good. Um, but it's just it just felt like that was the only one that for me is like it was a little slow. I guess. Yeah. It was definitely slow. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, and I always have trouble with Jay Lethal's finisher because it's always so obvious when it's coming. Yes. And I'm like, uh-uh, is he going to get it this time? Is he going to? Okay, no, no. We've got two more false, false lethal injections before <laughs> we get to the final one. But, um, but, yeah, it was good. It was fine. We then had, this match was, I actually Ugh. really, really enjoyed this match. It was Zack Sabre it's, Jr. taking on Juice Robinson. It's a really good match. It was. And it was very... Um, I went into it thinking Juice was going to win. I did, too. And, I mean, I'm really glad he didn't because Zack Sabre Jr. is, like, my fucking fave. And there's nothing – I've mentioned this to you earlier. There's nothing in life that gives me more joy than Zack Sabre Jr. when he just fucking loses it and starts kicking the shit out of people's heads while he has them in submissions. And he just doesn't give a fuck. And it's just like – I like when he goes all Suzuki on people. Yes. Basically, and it's just like, well, you're trying to be a shit and – win so i'm going to kick you to death and then make your elbows touch each other yeah and i thought i actually thought it was a really really good match and it was a really smartly paced and set up match because it made zach saber jr look 
like he belonged in Suzuki Gun. Yes. Which I think is sometimes a problem because Zack is so... I mean, depending on the promotion he's in, he's, like, playing so many different roles. Yeah. In terms of, like, bad guy, good guy, tweener, blah, blah, blah. People everyone respects, so he's cheer for him, even though he might not be good. Like, right. kind of the situation. Yeah. Um, but I thought that, like, he was wrestling this as a bad guy. Like, he was wrestling this as a heel. Yes. He was taking out all his aggression on Juice. And it, it made him look like, okay, yeah, he is a little shit. He deserves to be in Suzuki Gun. Yeah. And then Juice Robinson, who is somebody that I admittedly don't, like, remember exists most of the time. <laughs> That's my problem with Juice Robinson. It's not that he's bad because he's gotten so good. Yeah. Like, he's really good now. Um, and, like, his progression has been really impressive. But I like that they set up this match where it never felt even in tapping not even tapping even in quitting the match really because he his hands weren't free yeah. um even in you know submitting in the match at no point in that submission did juice robinson look weak yeah he he, he submitted in the most powerful way possible yeah. because he literally had no movement there was no choice for him like he couldn't get out of it and he was just stuck but it wasn't like a he made a mistake kind of thing it right. was a zach is such an asshole at that point kind of a thing like it exactly. was his only way to not break his own arm yeah um which i like because i feel like they're really trying to make juice robinson a thing um and they they have a lot of faith in him yeah and he has some more experience than the other like the long young lions had and stuff yeah um so i think if they're gonna try and push anyone quickly like kind of you know he, they've been doing that for a couple months now juice is the right choice yeah so we then had another. Was this a this was one, six man? Uh, no, four? it was an eight eight man. Eight man, yeah, eight man. Apparently, Jay White isn't in Taguchi Japan, which he hasn't been back in in New Japan, and this is like the first time he's wrestled for New Japan in ages. How was Taguchi not on the show? Um, I I'm don't very know, surprised. But it's Jay White, Dave Finley. <sighs> Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kushida uh, taking on the Hunter Club of uh, Billy Gunn and Yoshitatsu and the Tempura Boys show Tanaka and uh, Yohei. Yohei. Yeah. Kamatsu. Yohei. Um, I was very. It was very. Um, I didn't know the Tempura Boys were on this. I was like, oh shit! Look I... at those boys. I'm so happy that the young boys are all back together. Yes. It was so nice to see Dave Finley and Jay White together and Yohei and Sho. I was I was so happy to see them. Um and I fucking love Jay White. He's so. great. He's amazing. Oh. I really enjoy his stuff. Unfortunately, um Tanahashi came off, so I suddenly had to go to the bathroom. Uh so I missed a good portion of this match. Oh god. Which is fine. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was fun, but... It was a match. Yeah, it was a match. <laughs> it was a match that had Jay White being all cool in it, and so I was happy. I hope he's in a match tomorrow being all cool. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, we then had War Machine taking on the Gorillas of Destiny in a no-disqualification tag team match for the IWGB Tag Team Championships. Um, I thought it was weird... That they were like, we want this to be a no disqualification match, and we want to use weapons, and then they didn't really use a lot of weapons. Use a lot of weapons in the middle of the match, yeah, which I thought was strange. Um, I mean, the match was fine. I I generally, you know, 
love War Machine. I think they're great. Um, and yeah, were you around for this match? Um, I missed the first part of it. I came back for the end. It's um, pretty good. Yeah, I like War Machine a lot, and um, I don't really watch a lot of the Girls of Destiny stuff. But yeah, I really like Tamatongo, so it was good. War Machine recaptures the IWGP Tag Team Championships uh, via crazy powerbomb through table move. That was nuts. That was, um, yeah, I was like, he's dead for sure. That's that was the end a of loud table break, too. Yeah, it was. It, was Jesus. it, like, just resonated across the entire place. Which is weird, because the ring didn't. I yeah. think, is that the quietest ring you've ever heard? It's one of them. Yeah, it was really, really quiet. I, yeah. It didn't really, I, I feel like, I mean, it's a New Japan ring, so that's how their rings just sound. Maybe yeah. I just don't notice it when I'm watching their shows on New Japan World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we then had Tomohiro Ishii taking on Tetsuya Naito in a <laughs> first round match. Um, this was my first time seeing Naito live. If you know me and listen to this podcast, um, I was the happiest boy on earth. You were the happiest person uh, I've ever seen. It was it was pretty great. I love Naito. Um, unfortunately, he did not win this match. But then again, he doesn't like championship belts, so he probably no. didn't really care to be in the tournament in the first place. Um, I thought this match up until this point was the best match on the card. It was really good. It was awesome. I think Ishii and Naito work very well together yeah. as they have throughout the Time and space. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but Ishii gets the win. It's fine. I mean, this is just great. It was yeah, good stuff. It was good. Ishii scares me. So whenever he wrestles, I'm just hurt like, himself oh. or others. Yeah, it's just, it's just. Um, there's like, I don't know. There's strong style, and then there's me just being like consistently scared someone's gonna get hurt. Yeah. And every time, even though Ishii, I wouldn't consider him like unsafe. Like right. that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, it's just like I'm constantly worried that someone's gonna like break, just like land really badly because he just hits like such a motherfucker. Yeah, he does. That it makes me too nervous to actually like pay attention and like fully invest in any of his matches. Yeah. So Tomohiro Ishii wins via, I believe it was a brain buster. He does, yeah, brain buster. God damn it. That's fine though. <laughs> and I said that was the best match uh, up until that point, but then. Um, Michael Elgin and Kenny Omega. Um, Some guy named Kenny Omega. You know, I've never heard of him. That guy. Uh, they had a match, and holy fucking shit. Courtney, do you want to talk about Kenny Omega? Um, I know I've just opened the floodgates, but... Yeah, I'm going to try and talk about Kenny Omega without crying. All right. Um, Kenny Omega is the most amazing wrestler in the world. Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. Kenny Omega is the most charismatic wrestler in the world. <laughs> he cuts the second best promo in the world only to Trent Seven, who cuts the best promo in the world. <laughs> um, I, I cannot be responsible for anything I said or did during the course of this match because I was not in my right space. <laughs> Kenny Omega turns me into like an Amazonian woman who can accomplish anything mixed with like a 14 year old girl who just saw the Backstreet Boys for the first time. Like, oh my that's, God. That's what Kenny Omega does to me. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just the greatest person, greatest wrestler in the world. And I love him so much. And I cried when he came out. You did. Cause he means, he means a lot to me because I, I followed his whole story for so long 
and he's very inspirational, I find, and he just is wonderful and represents everything good about the world to me. <laughs> and he's just the best. I don't know. And but oh god, he's he also just, won his match. <laughs> he's just such a fabulous wrestler. He's there's so there's great. stuff that he does that's so simple. Yeah, that he makes look like no one has ever done it before to me. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like we we just kind of had a discussed this earlier a little bit with like Morgan Webster and his arm drags. Like it's yes. such an easy thing, but he makes it look like you've never seen the move before. Yeah, that's how I feel about like Kenny Omega's dragon suplexes and like the fucking V trigger. I have never seen him hit such beautiful V triggers. <laughs> Tonight was like the one he did where he was running off the ropes like three times, and then yes. he hit Elgin with it, like. Just fuck me up. Like, come on, man. That's yeah. unbelievable. Good shit. And my other favorite part wasn't even, like, a, a specific moment in the match, I guess, per se. It was when Kenny gets Elgin up into the one-winged angel. Mm-hmm. And he, Elgin, you know, and, and basically everyone goes, oh, oh, oh. And when he gets him up and he lands it, before he even goes for the pin, everyone just knows that it's over. Yeah. And that's what I love about New Japan, so, because when they protect somebody's finisher, mm-hmm. they fucking protect somebody's finisher. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, Kenny Omega hits that one-winged angel, and you're like, that's it. It's done. That's the end of the match, because no one kicks out of that. Even o- Okada hasn't even kicked out of that, because Omega has never successfully hit it on Okada, except once in their second match. And he put his foot on the rope, And he right? put his foot on the rope. Yeah, because I Cause was... Because it's ring awareness, rather yes. than him not being able to kick out. Exactly, because yes. I actually... Uh, admittedly have not watched that match yet but I asked my friend Richard I said because he watched it and I said did they protect the move and he said yeah and I went "All right, cool yeah it's so important that they do that yes Um, and that was one of my favorite things just listening to everyone just losing their shit before the pin even happened it's just brilliant so yeah that whole match was just so much for me it was such a good match it made me like a Michael Elgin match which is like unbelievably impossible <laughs> 98% of the time. I mean, but... I well, 98 per, is the other... Per, is So this is 1%? Yeah, the other Would one was the... the one against Zach. Really? Yeah. I um, I really like... He had a match with uh, Naito this year. Oh, okay. I really enjoyed that match, too. Mm. Um, I think that was early in the year. I think I, like, really, really enjoyed that match. I can't remember, but... And but when I say I can't remember, it's it's more of like from a you know a star rating thing. Yeah. But I'm very sure I enjoyed it immensely. But you yeah, know, it's it was a really really solid match. It was yeah. definitely the best match of the night, and it was just unbelievable. And um, yeah, Kenny Omega's probably wrestling god. You you heard it here first, folks. That pop when he came out though. Oh, was, it was amazing! Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it was really because I I kind of assumed that it was going to be. Not, like, down the middle, but one of those, like, everybody's cheering for Kenny, and then, like, yeah. half the crowd's cheering for Elgin. Right. Like, not that the other half, not that the Elgin ch- half is only cheering for Elgin, they're cheering for both of them, yes. you know what I mean? Yes, But, like, it was like, fuck you, dude. It was like, there was no one cheering for Elgin except, like, four or five contrarian people, you know? Yeah. Which is fine. Like, people could cheer for him all they want, but... I They're was just wrong. blown away. They are wrong because he's an idiot. But I was just blown away by the reaction. Like, it was just so one-sided. It was great. Yeah. And all the near falls I bought into, which is surprising. So Yes. It, they paced it really well. Yeah, it was very, very good match. And then we had the main event, uh, which was the Rainmaker, Okada, taking on 
Cody. Cody. Just Cody. Just Cody. It was a uh, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Um, seeing Okada's entrance in person, fantastic. Yep, it's great. Um, I, I currently am looking at some of the um, thousands of dollars. The Okada bucks. The Okada bucks. It was very $100,000. I hope to grab more of those tomorrow. Yes, I hope to get some more too. They're so good. Um... This match was I like thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I even enjoyed it more when Kenny came out and tried to return oh, the favor. So good of throwing in the towel. He actually handed the towel to Cody's wife Brandy and said, "You throw it in." Yeah, and tried to explain it to why she should throw the towel in. Um, I liked. Usually, sometimes when you know they do each other's finishers, I'm like, okay. I actually really liked it for yeah, some reason. Yeah, it was good in this match. May- maybe because like there is a part of me that doesn't like Cody. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I know I'm not supposed to like him as a character. Yeah. But yeah, fuck, it was really good, and just the whole implosion of whatever the Bullet Club is right now. Is going to be interesting, mainly because it only it doesn't seem to include like I guess you would say the B level, yeah, like Fale and uh, God and Hangman and all those guys, yeah. So it should be interesting to see if we split off into the elite, Mm -hmm. which I I would assume would just be the Bucks and Kenny. Kenny, But what about Marty? Marty? Yeah, I would put Marty in there too because I don't see Marty doing stuff with just regular. Cody and them. Yeah, like he, the reason he's there is because he's friends with the Bucks. Yeah, and because he's in love with Kenny Omega. That too. It's very obvious if you yes. watch Being the Elite. <laughs> OTP forever. So this match was was pretty good, and I didn't think I'd say that about a Cody Rick Cody Rick. match. Yeah, it started off like whatever for me, and then once Kenny came out, it was like the wrestling actually got better. Yes, because the, the 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 stakes were higher, mm-hmm. and then it just like it, it everything picked up. Like that's my problem with Cody matches. My friend Megan was discussing this with me earlier. Cody doesn't have the flow when he wrestles, right? Not to say he's not hitting the moves and he's not a good wrestler, but like when you watch a Kenny Omega match, there's a whole flow to it. Like it never seems like he. He's ever thinking about anything he's doing or he's trying to remember what the next move is. Right. With Cody, it's kind of like move and then like sequence, 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 move. And there's no like easy flow to everything. It's very not like stuttery, but stuttery, you know? Yeah. I don't know another word to describe it. Um, And so that usually takes me out of a lot of Cody matches. But once it kind of picked up and gotten in the right groove, then it got really good where it was like, the Rainmaker back and forth, and then the Crossroads back and forth. I mean, they the last five minutes of the match, I think they use like three moves. Yes. It really is just like trading Rainmakers, trading Crossroads, a couple kicks to the head on both sides. I yeah. mean, it's but the they they build up the drama of it really, really well. So by the time it ended, I was like, I was actually invested in that yeah. by the end. I was actually, I didn't think Cody Rhodes was ever going to win. I know a lot of people were joking about it, but there's no way they're going to no. take the belt off Okada, not on. Like, not in Japan. Yeah. Um, but, so I didn't think that Cody was ever going to win. But there were a couple times where I was like, oh, if Gato does this, I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> um, because it was getting real close. Yeah. And when you have that combo of, like, 
Okada is so fucking great at um, kicking out, like, very last second. And Red Shoes is such a fucking fuck-up, but also, like, the best ref ever. Yeah. He's, like, that perfect mix of, like, oh, is is, is Red Shoes going to accidentally fuck this up or is it all on purpose that he's like getting too close like yeah th- it that was what added the drama it wasn't that like i thought cody was gonna win it was like i thought something was gonna go awry yeah but it was really good and i like how nobody got nobody actually interfered yes like it was a straight match that okada won people, clean it just had people on ringside like the, the young outside. bucks never became an, a threat to it or yeah. kenny never became like an actual instigator and then at Post-match, we had Kenny giving the mic to Okada Mm -hmm. and saying, this is your night. But round three happens in the G1. God, it's going to be so good. Which should be very interesting. And then uh, Okada cut a promo in English that was uh, Mm -hmm. pretty cool. (laughs) I mean, it was short. It was good. I enjoyed it. I love that man. So tomorrow, my God, we have the Young Bucks taking on Rapongi Vice for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. It's going to be so good. They never disappoint before them. Um, what do you think? Do I you really think... want the. I really want Rapunky Vice to win it back. That would be nice. I would really want that. That would be cool. I think they'll do it. Yeah. I why think, not? I think they're going to win. Uh, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi defending the IWGP Intercontinental Championship against Billy Gunn. Oh, please, can we pretend that match is not happening? I yeah, I don't. I don't know, and I don't care. Yep. yep. Uh, we have Jay Lethal taking on Kenny Omega in a semifinals match. Oh, man. I so, love Jay Lethal, but I'm ready to see a murder. Yeah, so we ha- so it's Omega Lethal and then Zach Ishii Which are the final four. Yes. Predictions for the for the finals. I can't I can't let my heart I can't betray my heart. And I want it to be Zach and Kenny. I do too. I think that would be amazing. I don't know if it will be, but at this point, who do we? So it's it's the only person who's American who they will they, they could think of putting it on is Jay Lethal. And no offense, but I don't see Jay Lethal beating Kenny Omega or Zach Sabre Jr. or Ishii. Now here's something interesting. Do you think Cody costs Omega the match? I could see that happening, and I wouldn't be upset with it. Yeah. Like, if that happened that way, like, that's fine. Like, I, I don't think Kenny needs a title to necessarily, you know... Right. ...make something, like, make a big deal or whatever, but um, I would like Kenny to win, but, you know... If if that if that's the storyline they're going to go with until they can make Coda and Kenny or Okada, Kenny 3.5, yeah. however many of these we fucking get... Then I understand that, um, and it would make sense for Bullet Club purposes. But um, I do like the idea of the U.S. title not being held by someone from the U.S., to be perfectly honest. Agreed. Yeah. Also, I think it would be better to see Kenny wrestle twice. Like, I think he'd be better at wrestling two matches in one day. Yeah. Than some of the other people, but... Well, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. Uh... So that's, that's it for night one. I just realized, I don't know when we're going to do night two. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll make it work. Um, where can they find you on the internet? That's you, a thing. You can find me on Twitter at Chicago C. Rose, and you can find my podcast on Twitter at Facelock Femmes, F-E-M-M-E-S. 
And you can find this podcast and a bunch of other podcasts at notlg.com. You can find me on Twitter at JP Thrice. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so that was night one. Obviously, we had some feelings about it. Some of them good, some of them bad. Most of them were good, though. I was all just, of them were feels. I, all of them were feels. I was just mad that Tetsuya Naito lost, but he lost in a great match. So you know, can't. And really you complain. also got to see him in person. I did. I have a better story of night two when I saw him in person. So oh, oh and um, I forgot we can we, I get to tell my um Okada story. So strap in for that because I, I'm still reeling from that story. So I will strap into my uh, Chris Jericho Cherico chair that I'm sitting in right now. There you go. So night two was was a lot of fun. I won't talk about every match, but um, I will say that Tomohiro Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. was a goddamn fine match. It was very good. Um, in Zack Sabre Jr. standards? No, like in, in fantastic match standards. Good. He, um, It's like, oh man, Ishii's going to kill this dude. And Zack Sabre Jr. is like, nah, I'm going to literally hold all of his limbs and try to make him submit. So and the way I understood that is like when you take stale bread and then toast it to make croutons and then it's good again. <laughs> sure. I actually really enjoyed uh, Zack Sabre Jr. this weekend. It was... He was very good. Uh, as we talked about, he had a pretty good match with uh, Juice Robinson the first night. And, um, I mean, this match with Tomohiro Ishii was, was so good. It was so, so good. There were points and times when you didn't think Ishii was getting to the ropes because Zack Sabre Jr. would grab every limb as he was trying to touch the ropes with it. It was fantastic. The crowd was... Zack Sabre Jr. is an octopus. But he's not like um, a CCK octopus or a Jonathan Gresham octopus. Yeah, Calamari Catch Kings. Yeah, oh, man. Chris Brooks. Can we talk about real side note? Chris Brooks won that title, yo, and the tag titles. Yes. Yes. The Progress Tag Team Champions. CCK. Yes, I love that promo he cut calling them out before they won it. It was so good. Actually, like, I, I love Chris Brooks so much. I feel like. Chapter 50's up, so I'm behind on it progress should be, again. Yeah. I need to watch that. Yeah, do that, and then we could talk about Chris Brooks. I want to see it, too, because I love Chris Brooks so much. All right, we uh. will. Uh, there was a 10-man ta tag um, after that Ishii-Zack Sabre Jr. match. Oh, Tomohiro Ishii won, and Kenny Omega beat Jay Lethal in a in a decent match. Um, so there were your finals. It was Kenny Omega versus... Tomohiro Ishii, more on that in a little bit. Um, it was Dragon Lee, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Titan, and Volador Jr. taking on Los Ingobernables de Japón. Um, this match was fun. Uh, I don't know if you if you know this, Marianne, but uh, Hiromu Takahashi has... Um, have you seen this cat he has with him? No. So he has this cat, this stuffed cat, um, that's name is Daryl, apparently. Um, that's amazing. And he just carries it around with him everywhere. And it, and it like claps along and, you know, he makes it do stuff and. Okay. He might be my favorite. So you can actually. I don't even watch New Japan and that sounds like the greatest thing. Like that automatically skyrockets you to the top. Just, um, if you look him up, just look up 
hit his name and then Daryl and you'll find you'll just see this magic that is happening. He brought okay. he brought I will I I will do this and he is up there with Naito now and I just love Naito because he has Muppet hair. <laughs> he brought Daryl to Disneyland with him. No way. Yeah. It was pretty great. But uh, unfortunately LIJ <laughs> lost this match. Um but we we were right by Courtney and I were right by the losers ramp. So or the losers walkway. So the the losing competitors would go down that walkway. And I had gotten up a little late because I'm like, oh, my God, Tetsuya Naito, my Lord and Savior, is going to walk down this entrance ramp. And people were trying to give him the 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 fist bump. And he's looking at their shirts and he's like, you're not wearing my shirt. Like, what's going on? I'm not going to fist bump you. You're wearing Bullet Club shirts. And I got, up, I got up to the ramp too late and I put my hand up and I was like, Naito. But he was already gone and I was wearing my I feel like Naito shirt. Oh, I also ran into uh, Joel to sleep who makes uh, the greatest shirts ever. He makes the I feel like Naito shirt. That's such um, a great shirt. I just pictured you going Naito and it's like too late. He like was you're gone. in a car and or he's just gotten on a train and yeah. he's going away and you'll never see him. But I was I was two feet from greatness, and that was uh, that was good enough for me. Cue Miyazaki music. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we mentioned Rapongi Vice at the start of this. Was that the long? No, it was not the longest match. It was the second longest match of the night. Um, Rapongi Vice trying to capture the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships from. Matt Jackson and Nika Jackson, the Young Bucks. This match. I know. Did you see what they said about the revival? Fuck the revival. Is that what they said? No, they they basically were. They tweeted about the revival, and then Chuck Taylor was like, "John Boy says they're real dick cases. Like they're real. Li- they're real life douchebags." <laughs> Wow. And Matt Jackson was like, yeah, I fucking, he was like, yeah, I hate them. But that doesn't mean he was like, oh, yeah, I really don't like them because they're jerks. Like, you have to see it. It's so funny. Oh, my God. (laughs) So this match was amazing. Uh, The Young Bucks did a Meltzer driver to the out to the floor. It was a double springboard Meltzer driver. It was insane. Um they focused mainly, I really loved, because they were focusing on uh, Trent's back a lot. So every one of their signature moves they did to his back. So they like super kicked his back. They did uh, more bang for your buck, but it was a reverse. So all the moves were directed yeah, he, towards his he, back. He turns pink real easy. Yeah, it was... Um, it was pink man, Greg. It was so good. It was a really, really great tag team match. Uh, the Young Bucks ended up winning and after the match i just realized that you had never seen trent wrestle before no this is my my first well my first and second time i got a Was lot he of not bumping like a fucking fiend yeah he's an insane person but i know every time uh I was going to say this was a huge checklist um, of matches for me because I got a lot. I saw a lot of people that I didn't think I'd see. And it's like, check them off the list, which was nice. Um, But after this match, Rocky grabs the mic and says, Trent, we said we had a five year plan and we said this is what we do. And we did all that stuff. And I told you that if we didn't recapture uh, the tag titles that it was time for you to move on to the heavyweight division. And he's like, so, you know, I love you, but this is it. 
And and Courtney burst into tears. Yes, she did. <laughs> she was actually crying. Um, I don't know if she's crying at this point, but we'll get to that a little later. Um, yeah, I heard about that and I was like, yeah, like I didn't know what to feel. The background on my tablet is a great picture of Rapongi Vice. So like, uh, it's it's great for Trent. I kind of wish they had he had done this. This had been an angle before they announced all the G1 competitors because it would have been nice for Trent to just be directly put into the G1 Climax tournament. But Ovel, you know. Um, We then had the main event, which was Kenny Omega taking on Tomohiro Ishii to crown the first ever IWGP United States heavyweight champion. And holy shit, was this a goddamn match. Um, It was amazing. Um... I'm very sure, even though he is not currently in my spreadsheets at number one, I'm currently in my heart, because I feel like I did this last year, I was like, I have this guy ranked at number one, but in my heart, it's this guy. Right now, it's Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is... Because you don't want to say it's Kenny Omega, because Kenny Omega is so overrated. No, I don't think Kenny Omega is so overrated. You don't? I completely do. What? Well, yes. what? I mean, you don't watch New Japan, so... No, but I, I just think that the Kenny Omega's popularity is outrageously huge. That's what I mean by overrated. Like, he's... he's you. Oh, like, so you're talking about not his wrestling skills, but how popular he is? Yes. Okay. Yes. There you go. Yes, that is what I meant. <laughs> okay, because I was like, um, huh? Uh, no, he is... Um, he and Okada... My God, Okada was fantastic as well in night one. Um, this was good, good stuff. Um, Tomohiro Ishii hits the one-winged angel, which was insane. Kenny Omega's finisher. And uh, Kenny ends up winning after eight billion knees to the face and finally hitting the one-winged angel. And he becomes the first ever IWGP United States heavyweight champion, um, almost ruined by Cody Rhodes, who comes out and takes the title I rolled my is, eyes just now before it is presented to Kenny Omega and then gives the title to Kenny Omega and they hug and Kenny Omega said um some fantastic words in his closing speech um yeah what was the thing he said where they asked him how he was going to celebrate and he's like we went over this in and out oh and then they legit <laughs> went to in and out I know so I saw somebody took a picture with uh, Bad Luck Fale. That's so funny. I, I didn't know that. I bet everyone was like, we need to go to the In-N-Outs. But we did, we did not go to the In-N-Out, Marianne. We actually went to um, a Rock Bottom that was about five minutes away. Yes, Rock Bottom is apparently a chain. There isn't just one here I in Campbell. I was literally just talking about Rock Bottom like last week with my manager and how I had salmon fish and chips at Rock Bottom. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, that's a thing that can be made, and it was fucking amazing. Anyways, back to your story. So we're all sitting at this rock bottom, and we are we have a good view of the door, and I see this man in a powdered blue suit. Uh, he has some people with him, and it looks like some people are waiting for him to come inside, and he goes up to the door, and he goes to push open it, but it's a pull open, and he knew that the entire time. He was doing a bit. So he like pushed 
he tried to push the door and made like a really goofy face. And I was like, that was actually pretty funny. And then I actually looked at his face and I said, holy shit, it's the fucking Rainmaker. So um, the IWGP heavyweight champion of the world um, apparently loves to do funny bits for people. And we were all taken aback by it because it was like, oh, my God. Okada's here right now. He's in this rock bottom. This is so fucking ridiculous. And he went and sat down with a bunch of people who were no doubt sponsors that were buying him uh, drinks and stuff. I actually didn't get to stay for most of the shenanigans. He was at one point wearing a baseball hat backwards. Oh, my God. What a thug. With his suit. Um, Oh, my God. He was holding court. And talking to people, and apparently um, uh, Shayna Baszler showed up, so she was there. Um, I she, see her everywhere. She apparently um, put on Okada's powdered blue suit jacket and was doing Rainmaker pose. Um, apparently got to the point where Okada was chopping people. Um, I was long gone after this because I um, stupidly decided to drive home at 1130 at night. Now, yeah, you did do that. And you could have stopped at my house on the way back so you didn't almost die. Yeah, but I probably we didn't realize have. that until later. I probably should have, but I didn't. Um, I mean, the only person I could have called would have been you. And I don't think you would have appreciated receiving a phone call from me. At no, I wouldn't have minded. All right. Well, for future reference, I will remember that. Yeah. If like, just let me know what day you're coming back. Well, I was I'll, not. I'll be okay. I was yeah, not because planning. I didn't know when you were heading back. So, well, I was not planning to leave that late. I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'll hang out for a little while with you guys. I was, was going to leave a weekend. Yeah, I was going to leave immediately <laughs> after. I was just going to leave right after the show, but I didn't pack any of my stuff. It was just a shit show. So I left L.A. at 11.30 Bola, and I didn't get home until like surprisingly four in the morning. I got home way faster than I thought I would. That's great. But yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I totally know what you mean. So yeah, that was the weekend. It was a lot of fun. It was um, it was great. It was just a great. All the crowds were great. All the people were great. Um, yeah, it was just very a very very special weekend. God bless, and by God I mean Tetsuya Naito, the sport of professional wrestling. Look at that, Naito, all hail Naito and Miz. Naito and Miz. So, um, do you want to get into what you I saw can gloss on Raw? Over Raw, real fast. Let's gloss over Raw. Okay. So it opens with a video recap of last week where um, Enzo and Big Cass had that whole spiel um, of Big Cass pretending to reconcile with him and then subsequently turning on him again. Yeah. And um, it opens with Enzo in the ring and fuck have I not heard this promo before, but in less colorful language. But um, it's uh, the most stereotypical promo like that you can imagine after someone gets betrayed by their best friend kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't even in, just insert all of the language that you would copy and paste and then put in and then translate to Enzo um, language. Um, but <laughs> it, I, I couldn't think of the right word, but um, dialect isn't the right word either. Um, but vernacular. There we go. Um, and then it goes to Charlie backstage and she's interviewing big Cass, and he basically says okay yeah whatever but enzo talks a lot but without really saying anything at all ever and i was like that's totally fucking true like it is everything he says like he doesn't really ever say anything you're just too busy laughing at his jokes and you know who else is like that fucking bray wyatt 
the most vaguest of all vague people. But um, Enzo ends up jumping cast from behind, and then there's this whole big spiel thing. Um, then there's Sasha versus, or no, excuse me, Sasha and Bailey versus Naya and Alexa. And you just made the list. <laughs> Naya is so big and scary. She sends Bailey out you know, on a stretcher, basically. Damn. So yeah, Sasha's by herself, and but Sasha ends up getting able to, uh, being able to lock the bank statement in on Alexa and win the match. And Alexa honestly is the only one who could realistically lose that match for the two of them because she's not Nia, um, who is a, hmm, how is it? Corey Graves put her put her in terms of a brick wall. He, I think he huh. called her a brick wall. Nice. And I was like, but she's the prettiest brick wall. <laughs> um, but. After that, it was Braun demanding a match like, you know, how he always does, like a big demanding evil toddler prince baby thing. Yeah. Because uh, all he wants is matches. That's all he knows how to do is just demand matches. Um, and then after that was Cedric versus Noam Dar. You just made the list. Um, Cedric ends up winning, but Noam did a head scissors. Um, call out to Shane Matthews right there. Or Bryce Rensburg, whichever one you feel like referencing <laughs> in that one. Because you have to yell it like it's in all caps. True. Uh, but like you're on coke and not just happy on lights like Mojo Rally. Um, <laughs> after that was Ms. TV and his Ms. Taraj. And he basically just addresses that dumpster fire ball segment from last week. Yeah. Which was completely true. Ms. just only says truths. Everything he says is basically true. The Ms. In deals in truths. The Miz, Miz is just all hail Miz. Um, he goes on to say that Ambrose is a pile of wasted potential, which is also 100% true. Ambrose comes out and agrees with him because Miz is right and does no wrong. But um, says that I don't care if you have two big doofy bodyguards in the ring. I'll attack you. It's fine. <laughs> the ring here now, later behind your back doesn't even matter. And well, duh, because he's fucking crazy. Um, remember that's his gimmick. Yeah. He asks for a rematch, but he's interrupted by Heath and Rhino and Heath goes on to say, well, I beat Miz by myself. I deserve some kind of single like match of some kind. Cause yeah. I earned it. Um, uh, side note though, the Miz Taraj, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel are bears are no longer bears, but they're still bears in our hearts. Yes. Um, <laughs> Bo Dallas looks like an A&E reality show character. Oh my God. Or a pawn star person from the history channel with a big bandana and yeah. like the suit jacket like or he he just looks like he's from duck dynasty <laughs> like with like he has like one leather glove that's fingerless or something he just looks confused like a pack like a pre-packaged halloween costume that's really poorly organized <laughs> we're just like only some of the pieces work i don't know but curtis axel Going along with the theme of comparing people to characters on certain TV stations, Curtis Axel looks like a character on Burn Notice or NCIS or just any TV show on the USA Network that isn't Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Fair. Um, Angle comes out and basically he books The Miz versus Ambrose for the pay-per-view. And then he gives Heath Slater a title shot because he had pinned The Miz. Yes. And the title shot is the next match. And Dean's on commentary. Uh, Miz is wearing all white because M Miz apparently is in Miami. But um, Ambrose puts over Heath so fucking hard <laughs> during this match. It was adorable. Um, the Miztourage picks a fight with Rhino and the distraction gives Miz the win. But Heath fucking held it down. Yeah. This was not this was not a, a totally one sided thing. He, he fucking held it down. Nice. Because like, 
newsflash, Heath can actually wrestle. I don't know if people forgot that. His finishing move may be Rhino, but what got him here in the first place? True. Um, also, he needs this job. Um, Ambrose runs into the ring afterwards, but he gets laid out because he's completely outnumbered. Um, after that was a gold dust is in the ring and some stuff happens. I don't really care. Um, there's popcorn involved. I don't know. All right. Um, Angle plans a first time ever Iron Man, like 30 minute Iron Man match for the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. My only note is, gosh, Cesaro is pretty. <laughs> um, Kurt Hawkins versus Seth. This was barely a match. Kurt Hawkins got way more respect on the indies. And for a former WWE bred guy, that's saying a lot. Yeah. If you think about it. It is. Because if you if you leave WWE having been come from the WWE and not come from the indies up to the WWE, you, yeah. don't, you don't get treated as nicely because of where you came from after you get let go. And Kurt Hawkins did pretty well on the indies. Like, he gets way more respect on the indies than he ever is getting now. I mean, Lord... For good, oh my God! Just put him out of his misery. Um, uh, Samoa Joe and Lesnar say some stuff, and I don't really care at all that much. And is that bad? No. Okay, because I feel like I should be hyped up for whatever it is that's going on, but I just don't care about either of them. Like I want, I want Brock to get knocked off his big beefy pedestal of some sort, but at the at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I don't emotionally connect with either of you. Yeah. So I can't really get behind that kind of booking or that match. But what I can get behind is Neville versus Mustafa Ali. You Um, just made the list. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, He pulled out all the fucking stops in that match, but Mustafa Ali still lost. Um, Fucking nailed it, though. Uh, Bray Wyatt and the promo that I don't care about, and neither should you. In the desert. That's all I know. I get the distinct feeling that the people that are fans of Bray Wyatt listen to a lot of, like, what's a really grungy emo band? A grungy emo band? No, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to. I just get the feeling that people that are fans of Bray Wyatt are are, uh, fit a particular genre of people. All right. Or stereotype. I should have thought this out better before writing the note because I wrote the note down, but it was an unfinished thought probably because I got a phone call when I was at work. Um, Fair. After that was, whoa, man, I have things to say about this. Cesaro. You just made the list. Oh, man, you made the list versus Finn Balor with the Hardys on commentary. Um, Cesaro, you're a babe. Um, I enjoyed this entire thing from all angles. Matt and Jeff are so fucking great on commentary. They're like, they're so level headed when they talk about their opponents and they're complimentary and respectful. And at the same time, it was very weird because Matt Hardy was drifting in and out of brokenness. Really? Yeah. So he was like lucid and then totally like excellent at some other points. It was very odd, which I think is the weird point. Hmm, I might have to check that out. Yeah, he would he would he would use his 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 um coined Matt Hardy terms. Brilliant. Things like that. But he would he would make sense for most of the time. But that match was a ton of fucking fun. They have nothing but nice things to say about Cesaro, as everyone should. Right. They just say the stereotypical he's completely underutilized and underappreciated and he's just all around just phenomenal. And we know this because Cesaro's the best. But um, yeah, uh, Cesaro ends up losing because it turns into this 
this giant clusterfuck of Elias Samson coming out and strumming <laughs> his guitar just once and distracting Finn Balor. And Finn Balor gets distracted and Cesaro tries to go for the pin and Finn Balor kicks out. And then the Hardys are like, oh my God, this is fucking ridiculous. Like you're interrupting and that's being very disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what they said in Hardy terms. Like that's really, that's completely unfair. And so they go out there and they um, attack Elias Samson and then Seamus comes over and they attack Seamus and then it turns into this giant attacking party. And it was just crazy shit going on on the outside, but not in like a, a hectic haywire kind of what the fuck is going on. Like it still had its zeroed in like moments where you noticed each thing that happened with each person that was fighting another person. Right. Even though there was still a match going on. So it wasn't like this chaotic mess. Cesaro ends up losing after obviously the distraction and a coup de gras. And then afterwards was Braun Strowman versus I'm just happy to be here. Oh, uh, I did see a gif of this where yes. Braun Strowman Holy kicked shit, kicked uh, Apollo Crews in midair as he was doing Yeah, something. he was doing a standing moonsault that he launch kicked him out of like it reminded me of the end of every episode of Pokemon where Team Rocket gets launched into the sun at the end <laughs> where it just turns into a little star in the sky. <laughs> Like, that's what I expected to happen. And Corey was cracking up. Oh, I bet. He was laughing so hard. He was like, I don't mean to be laughing, but honestly, that's the, I've never seen anything like that before. But oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> Booker was like, what is going on? I've never seen it's that so before. Crazy. It was so insane. It was so brutal looking. And they played it again in slow motion and it was even more brutal looking. <laughs> He looked like he landed, like, on his shoulder, like, so bad. Oh, jeez. Like, it was great. But uh, that was the basically the end of or where I stopped paying attention to Raw. Perfect. Uh, do you want to go over the Great Balls of Fire card that's happening on Sunday? Um, I feel I feel like it kind of is, obviously, there's Ambrose. Right. And the Cesaro, Shame Zaro thing. So... Uh, what else is happening? We have... Uh... So as you said, we have Cesaro and Sheamus uh, taking on the Hardy Boys in a 30-minute Ironman match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say I think we're going to sit on this Cesaro and Sheamus train for a little while longer until we get full-on broken Hardys. Man, am I. I'm, I think that's what's going to happen here. We have The Miz with the Miz-Tourage uh, taking on Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I think, um, I honestly don't think any titles are changing hands except with the exception of the women's championship is what I'm going to say right now. Okay. So I'm going to say the Miz wins. We have Enzo versus Cass. I don't even know how that match is going to go care? down. I don't know. I don't know if I care. I think it's dumb that they broke them up. I think it's just not. I don't think Enzo can stand by himself unless he comes out with a trench coat standing on the shoulders of somebody else like trench coat man. I love best friends. Or if he goes to 205 Live. And even then he wouldn't. He's. I think he'd be fine on 205 Live. Honestly. Really? Yeah. I feel I like he's completely out of his like they're completely out of his league. Like he's not on the same level. Yeah. He's At a different all. kind of wrestler than they are, so I don't know. I honestly don't yeah. know. Um, we have Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, I I honestly don't care, and that's sad. As you should sad. not care. Uh, we have Alexa Bliss. You just made the list. 
best. Defending the WWE Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. I have a feeling that Alexa will retain, but I think it will be via nefarious means. Um, but I wouldn't because be... it's Alexa. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sasha won. Honestly, uh, we have Rowan Reigns. Toss up. True, it is a toss up, but I could see the title changing hands there more than anywhere else. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman in an ambulance match. Um, I'm just gonna assume Roman's gonna win. I think it should be fun, a fun match, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I also forgot to mention we have Neville taking on Akira Tozawa with Titus O'Neil uh, for the cruiserweight championship. Um, it is a it's a pre-show match, um, so Neville will retain. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works in my mind, at least. Uh, main event <laughs> is Brock Lesnar taking on Samoa Joe for the WWE Universal Championship. Holy moly, this match should be hopefully insane. Um, fingers crossed Unless for that. Brock decides to be a brat and doesn't want to do anything. True. Fingers crossed that we uh, we get some cool stuff in this match. So uh, Brock's going to retain, I'm pretty sure. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about... Smackdown. I just picture a shoots and ladders board. A shoots and ladders board. Where they all lead to Roman Reigns. (laughs) What a board game that would be. (laughs) The most disappointing board game of all time where you like (laughs) don't want it to end because the end means you have to deal with Roman Reigns. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. So Uh, Smackdown. Um, I watched a little bit of Smackdown because I heard a lot about this rap battle. It's a spoken word battle. It's not even a rap battle. And it's slam poetry. Yeah, I was like, I need to watch this. So I did. And it was shockingly great. I had a very so fun good. time. Um, Xavier's burn at the end was, was the so best. Great. Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. You guys should definitely go check that out for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, of... I was not down for Kofi's weight shaming of the Usos, though. Yeah, that was that was a little low a and little not needed harsh. and not really. Xavier uh... was like, "You guys are losing this. Let me take this mic and then spit fucking hot fire and bring it back for us." Yeah, basically. Kofi, you can't resort to fat shaming. Shame on you. Somebody said, "Didn't somebody say he's from? Where is he from? Baltimore, so he can't rap." Is that what it was? Some somebody probably said that. I can't remember what it. Yeah, what but they they, said. they made the Jamaican yes. joke. Oh man. It was just, it was just good, but it opened obviously with uh, Cena, Cena returning, returning, saying some things and being interrupted by Handsome Rusev, which is the most important part of that segment. And of I course, agree. they were turning into an, an anti-America mess. I wouldn't yep. expect anything else, though, to be honest. No. Um, what I will notice, though, is John Cena. His way of speaking was obviously kind of a hint at his inevitable retirement. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. And so Daniel Bryan um, later confirmed a Rusev Cena match at Battleground. Um, after that is a win and you're in. Um, yes, win and you're in match between AJ Styles and uh, Chad Gable. Chad who Gable by himself all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know what that is about. I don't know either, but he was dressed like a big stick. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see the pictures? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Owens doesn't want either of them to win yes. because he beat both of them to retain. Uh, so Daniel Bryan was like, okay, we'll make this match where the winner of them is in. Fuck, they're both so good. Yes. AJ ends up winning, but this match was too short for the people involved, if that makes sense. No, it does. It was a very good match. I could have watched it for um, 
uh, at least five to maybe no yeah. five more minutes. Yeah, it was way too short for the stars involved. But Gable is the type of face that I like. Like he's clearly good, but without being over the top about it. Yeah. Without like shoving it down your throat, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Afterwards was the Carmelibration. Yes, the Carmelibration. I didn't really did you watch, watch it. this. I didn't really watch it. Um. Okay. I did see the ending when we get the suspension of. Oh man. Of James Ellsworth. The saddest All the people thing. in the field of glow shirts has me feeling the feels. Yeah, and I'm loving the she uh, did it to the belt too. I finally. Yeah, it looks great. James Ellsworth, like he was wearing that puffy jacket that was all dollar bills. Yeah, but if you looked at it from a distance, he looked like a buttered like popcorn jelly bean. Do you know what those look like? I don't. How they're like the they're like the cream color with like the little brownish tan and yellow flecks on it. Like yeah. from a distance, he looked like one of those jelly beans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this though, when he gets okay, first of all, Naomi comes out and she's fucking great on the mic. Carmela's hot fire on the mic. She's really good. Yeah, she's gotten like I don't know where it came from. It's like she came out of nowhere and all of a sudden went from being like trash to being fucking amazing. Um, and so it happens when you stand next to somebody as terrible as Ellsworth. Yeah. It just makes you look good, <laughs> which might be the point. But Maybe. she calls him Ellsworthless. And I got really depressing callbacks to high school when I used to be called Wentworthless on the regular. Oh, man. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Well, look but at you now, is, Marianne. You yep, got your own podcast. Riding on the top. <laughs> but um, this is the type of cathartic justice that I fucking love. Dishing the fine the barring and that stipulation where if he breaks any of the rules, she gets stripped of it. That yeah. was like, yes, it's like for it made up for every injustice that's basically ever happened yeah. in wrestling in my eyes, because that was so much win in one short segment. It was like a giant fuck you. You're not getting away with it. Like it, you're aware of what catharsis is, right? Yes. That's why I can't watch Law and Order because there is no definite <laughs> ending right. with a resolution. Yeah. And so it leaves me going, but is this person guilty? Please give this evil person the death penalty. <laughs> Everyone gets the death penalty. But it, it never has that. So it leaves me feeling like really anxious. But um, yeah, that was fucking great. It made me really happy. Afterwards was Naomi versus Lana because of the, the, um, the controversy being last up, week yeah. where her shoulder wasn't down. But fuck, Lana is really bad. <laughs> um damn that match was fast good because the literal two moves that she did she didn't even do two moves but they were both fucking awful like she couldn't even convincingly lock up with her it was hey, bad boy. i hate her dress but i love her gear like i don't understand how she comes out in a dress with those tall boots and it looks trashy as hell and then she like struggles to take the dress off in the ring mm -hmm. like on camera like it's really awkward to watch but Tamina comes out at the end after she taps out in record time. Yeah. Um, and what a better, like, what better person to teach Lana how to grapple than Tamina? <laughs> um, Love and it. Tamina's just like, get up. Yeah. She's basically like, girl, you are embarrassing yourself. Get your ass to the back right now. And Lana's all, like, terrified and cowering. And Tamina's like, get up. With Tamina does not have a threatening voice. No, she at does all. not. No. But then again, if you're on that road, neither does Brock Lesnar. No. Very, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins have the least intimidating voices, like, ever. Um, after that was the rap battle. Dang, the New Day looked fly as fuck. Yes, they did. 
But with this whole, it was it was slam poetry. But I could honestly just picture all of them, the Usos and the New Day, sitting all together in one hotel room, just putting that whole thing. Together. Oh yeah, definitely. Because you know that's what they did. Because yeah. they're all such good friends. Yes. But when it got really awkward at one point, while I was in the middle, and he was like, "Happy Fourth, you guys!" Like, <laughs> yes. Oh my God, Wale. It was so, it was so brilliant. I loved it. I love Wale. Um, afterwards, uh, I sat next to him at uh, an indie show when wrestlemania was in santa clara oh cool it was fucking weird and everybody else was like oh my god and i was like yeah whatever i was sitting next to him and all of his bodyguards were like around and it was just like he was by the merch table and it was weird but anyway story time with marianne on to a really bizarre story though randy orton versus aiden english in starry night tights oh god that was a thing that happened, and I also don't care. Yeah. Um, Tinder Mahal comes out. Uh, Randy Orton just goes, you're an ass, and nobody likes you. Basically, that's what he said. He was like, nobody likes you. You're stupid. Yeah. Um, afterwards was, uh, so that happened, um, continuing that feud. Uh, the most important thing happened tonight was, oh, my God, Ty Dillinger is alive. Yes. That backstage segment was fantastic. You did watch it. Thank yes, fucking God. I watched that. I don't even have notes. I saw Fandango and was like, I can't. None of it will make sense when <laughs> I look at it later. Like, there's just nothing. Like, Tyler. I love how Tyler Breeze, like, went into full drag and didn't even think of a name for himself. Yes. Yeah. So, for anybody who didn't watch it, it's Tyler Breeze, or excuse me, it's Ty Dillinger walking backstage and he gets confronted by Tyler Breeze, who's dressed like he would be Renee. Yes. Looks pretty good, too. T- was he Tanae Young? Tanae is the name he came up with. And Renee later was like, really? Well, the best part but, about that was is they faded from that backstage to segment to Renee. And it was the best. It was it was amazing. But my favorite part was just Ty Dillinger walking and then Im- immediately, immediately noticing Fandango pretending to work on a wall but not doing anything. And his mustache the entire time was almost falling off. Yes. Like he like the point was that he didn't fix it. Like it was supposed to look like it was falling off. Like he was very conspicuously just like standing there, like and getting closer and closer. And Ty Dillinger was aware of this the entire time. And so Tyler Breeze comes out and he didn't even have a name for himself, so he calls himself Tanae. And Ty Dillinger was like, Oh, we are doing this. Okay, Tyler. And he goes, No, Tanae. Like he's completely aware that they're <laughs> That it's Tyler and Fandango, but Fandango's mustache. Oh, this is the fucking best. And at the end, he was like, many petties. Yes. This is just, I told you, like, I couldn't even take notes on this because it was just me laughing the whole time and nothing would make sense. Like, you honestly had to watch it. It was just organic in the moment. Just brilliant. Yeah. Like, you can tell that they don't think much ahead of time. And that's what makes it so good. Um, I also loved the segment after this. Which was Maria yes. and Mike Kanellis, um, with Sami Zayn, who has just become this weird, uh, like I don't even know what he is, but I love that Goober, he was like Goober in the dictionary is a picture of Sami Zayn. Yes, and he was talking about Huey Lewis in the news, and I lost my mind. And that just makes me think of last podcast on the left because they always find a way of dropping in Huey Lewis in the news. I think, and I love that he's like, you know, the news doesn't get in his music plays. And he's like, oh, that's me. I got to go. I loved everything about that 
entire those two segments they were fantastic because they're natural yeah they're not they're not forced or overly scripted and i think that's what i like so much about smackdown is it's not so tight reined script wise yeah and so it's, it's it's very it's very loosely done and so it it shows that they're enjoying themselves and it's more natural looking and Sami Zayn is just so good at being this spastic awkward he's butters but um hey guys but um, <laughs> afterwards with the main event, I actually loved this. Did you watch the main event? I did not, no. Okay, so it was a uh, Independence Day battle rail. Uh, and Jason Jordan isn't dead because he was in it. What? Yeah, uh, I know. Okay. I know. I don't know what the hell is happening, but he was in it. So it was the Ascension. There was a bunch of tag teams. Yeah. I don't know, but it was the Ascension. It was um, Jason Jordan, um, fucking Dolph Ziggler, who his hair is so wild and untamed and totally the most interesting thing about him, which is not a compliment. His hair was down and it just looked like beachy waved gorgeousness. Like there's probably girls who were like, I want the Dolph Ziggler haircut. Like it looked great. Um, but there was, oh God, who else was in it? I don't even remember. The most important person that was in it, uh, Luke Harper. Yes. Eric Rowan. But uh, Mojo Rally. Yeah. Didn't he eliminate? We'll get there. Why didn't you press the button? Um, you just made the list. Ten minutes later. God, I fucking love Mojo Rally so much. Um, Mojo Rally eliminated Big Luke. How dare he? Yes. But uh, Luke eliminated Dolph Ziggler great excellent um who Dolph Ziggler always wears these jean vests that look like he picked up a bunch of patches from like a like a justice store for 12 year olds and just like hot iron pressed them on there with like smiley faces and yeah. shit it just he just looks like he wears stuff that was made at a summer camp um but M- Mojo eliminated Big Luke uh Kevin Owens this entire time was on commentary and I cannot emphasize this enough Kevin Owens is me when I watch wrestling. Like we comment on the same shit the exact same way with the weird little sides and the snide remarks. Yeah. But going back to Mojo, Mojo. Um, so who is it that tried to eliminate Zach? Somebody tried to eliminate Zach and he pulled Zach back in again. And they had previously like, like faced each other and were like, okay. And like pushing each other. Cause they knew they had to face each other. Yeah. Um, and he pulled Zach back in and together they both pushed the person that had tried to eliminate Zach over. And then right after that happened, Mojo picked up Zach and tossed him out right afterwards. And My Zach, God. Absolute heartbreak on his face. The best was, um, Fandango getting eliminated and then them going to eliminate. Uh, it was Eric Rowan, I believe. Yeah, it was Eric Rowan eliminated Fandango and then he went to go eliminate Tyler Breeze and it didn't work. And Tyler Breeze, he like flipped him over the top rope and Tyler Breeze jumped and landed in Fandango's arms. And Fandango pushed him over and rolled him back into the ring. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he got eliminated afterwards. It was just it was like this weird, adorable little romantic aside that was going on. But the <laughs> end of that fucking oh, the end of that segment where it got all awkward, the Fashion Files one. What? Where it got all the the end of the backstage thing with Ty, with Tyler Breeze and Fondalo oh, got really awkward. That yeah. was fucking brilliant. But um Kevin Owens, especially in this match, his commentary is so dry. Like we talk the same way as when I watch wrestling and soccer, like him saying, Oh, by the way, two out of the three men in this ring, Canadian, just proves to say that we are definitely better than Americans. And I was <laughs> like, that that is some stupid 
small fact bullshit that I would out loud say yeah. when watching wrestling. It is. Like, if you watch, you'll know exactly what I mean. Just the stuff he's saying where he was like, Ty, why are you taking so long? <laughs> that is so stupid. What are you doing? Just like talking talking to somebody like they can hear you, but they can't hear you is the way Kevin Owens does commentary. Yeah. And he was throwing out his Kevin Owens like like uh, documentary feature thing. But he had said to Byron's on SmackDown, right? Yes, he is. Okay, he was like, no, you don't mention it. It automatically makes it less cool when you talk about it. JBL, you can talk about it all you want. <laughs> but yeah, um, AJ Styles ends up winning. Um, Ty Dillinger got eliminated. And then afterwards, Sami Zayn was with um, AJ. This this whole match was just a ton of fun. It was really short, but it did, it was only like a little over 10 minutes long. Yeah. But it felt like it was longer, but not in a bad way. So AJ Styles ends up winning. And then right afterwards, Kevin Owens is like, oh, fuck this shit and gets up and runs into the ring and starts stomping on him and stuff. And AJ had already wrestled once earlier in the night and he still ended up winning. So, you know, that was SmackDown. I didn't watch 205 Live or um, NXT, but that's fine with me because I don't think Noam Dar was on 205 Live and that's all I care about. Oh, well. So, so you are going somewhere, well, later today. I will probably be on my way there when you do post this. Are oh, you... wait, maybe not. No. It doesn't matter, but I'm going to PWG. Yeah, so um, this should be an interesting event. We won't go through the whole card, but we will talk about... Um, I'm very excited slash jealous that you get to see uh, Sammy Guevara. Um, he has been in it's the Texas... It's about time. He's been in the Texas scene for a little while, and he's also been on some Evolve shows and... This dude's been great for a while, and I think this will be uh, this is going to be amazing for him. He's taking on Ray Horace, who I also love. Um, so that should be great. I haven't seen Ray Horace wrestle in forever. I haven't seen him wrestle live since um, our WrestleMania same. weekend. Since WrestleMania weekend, same. That was the first time like, I ever saw him, and I l- yeah, loved him. I was talking about. Um, Sammy Guevara with some people before the PWG show last time and then they ended up announcing him for the next one I was like thank fucking god because he's been so he's like I was it's about time honestly there's just some other like people that I'm waiting on that I'm like it's about time come on come on come on come on come on like it'll get there you know and that's one of those people and I was like thank god so. Uh, the only other thing I really want, I mean, Keith Lee versus Ray Phoenix is going to be insane. That's not happening anymore. Oh, it's not? Ray Phoenix is not coming out, which just adds to the Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., the most never around tag team champions of all time. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be a three-way. Oh, my God. Is it going to be? Trent. Oh, my God. It's going to be Keith Lee versus Leo Rush versus Trent. Yes. That's amazing. That's going to be so fun. It's going to be a comedy of all comedy matches because Keith Lee and Leo Rush wrestled each other at the last show and they just have this chemistry that is just they have great chemistry. They work. You can tell that they have so much fun and they communicate and they work really well together. But the thing that I love most about Trent is Trent can have chemistry with anyone. Yeah. Anybody. He's so easy to connect to, even just talking to him one on one. He's he's very um, personable and like doesn't make you feel awkward at all. Like yeah. he's just so easy to have chemistry with and that I, it, he's he's very good and he can sell things really well. Like he's a bump master. Yeah, for sure. Like Sometimes I wish he would stop taking such insanely crazy bumps. Keith and I always worry about it. <laughs> 
because we're like, you're going to die. Yeah. You need to stop doing that. You're going to die. But I'm just excited for the main event. Yeah. So let's just get into the main event. It is uh, the current PWG world champion, Zack Sabre Jr. taking on the Kentucky gentleman, Sexy Chucky T. And if Chuck Taylor loses, he is out of the title picture, but I don't know how he worded it. We talked about it last time. So um, I have a couple of scenarios. Uh, first of all, take note, everyone. He did not press the button for my number one permanent etched in stone person on my list. And John did not press the button for the list. For who? Chuck Taylor. You just made the list. See, when you say it. Yes. <laughs> Chuck Taylor is. So. The, the, oh. Let me throw some scenarios. My favorite person on planet Earth. All right. That's great. Let me throw some <laughs> scenarios at you. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be in the G1 Climax Tournament, which is a a little over a month-long tournament um, to which he will need to be in Japan for for uh, the duration of that time. I don't know what Chuck Taylor is doing for the next month and a half. but um, Chuck Taylor doesn't do anything. The dude eats, like, he eats gummy worms for breakfast at like 7 in the morning. He's not doing anything. So here's a here's here's my two here's my two scenarios. Zack Saber Jr. beats Chuck Taylor, and Chuck Taylor uh, is in Bola and somehow wins Bola, and then has to get his rematch. But I almost feel like that's too much storytelling for pro wrestling gorilla. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of storytelling for them, and a lot of storytelling in serious terms for anything Chuck Taylor can handle. All of these scenarios that you're bringing up are probably ones which inevitably end up in me crying. The other one could just be Chuck Taylor just flat out beats Zack Sabre Jr. And we don't see Zack Sabre Jr. until I I would assume Bola. And I will be dead. I know. So realistically, do you think Chuck Taylor will be the new pro wrestling gorilla world champion come this time? Actually, I'm sorry. It's 8.57 on Thursday, so let's just say 11.30 p.m. on Friday. Probably later than that. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> People are always like, oh, your boy's going to win. Oh, your boy's going to do this. But I never think too positively because that's naturally how I think. I think in a negative aspect so that when the opposite happens, it makes me just as like, happier. Right. If that makes sense. Somebody somebody said that recently, and I was like, yes, um, but I can't say it as poetically as that person, nor could I remember who that person is. But I love Chuck Taylor, and I want him to have everything nice in this world, despite him not thinking he ever deserves it, because he thinks very low of himself. I will accept whatever happens. Personally, I don't think he will. All right. Because that's my way of thinking. I want him to, but I, I honestly, because Pro Wrestling Gorilla does not have storytelling really, which I kind of like about that, um, I feel like it would be kind of random. If he won? N yes, but at the same time, they've been teasing it because he's he's such a beloved person in that promotion. Yeah. That everyone's like, just fucking give it to him. You know, yeah, but I feel like he has cemented himself so strongly as a comedy guy that a lot of people can't handle it. I think that he deserves something serious and nice for once, though. Well, we'll fi we'll find out tomorrow, I guess. That isn't my love, which is also serious and nice. There you go. 
Speaking of my love, though, Tim Donst has another documentary. It's more like a mockumentary, but still, it's on YouTube, and he's very funny in it, and I love him. It's also National Kissing Day, today being Thursday, and I have already tweeted him a creepy tweet, as is my gimmick, assaulting him online. (laughs) Perfect. Let's talk about the first 10 entrants for the Battle of Los Angeles, uh, an event I will not be going to, and I am... kind of sad about it i'm sure i will become more sad as more people are announced judging by the way it's going right now probably yes so uh let's see here we have a desmond xavier who is a fine wrestler and uh deserves a spot in this tournament we have uh flamita who uh wrestled in the super strong style 16 also a fantastic wrestler i want flaming hot cheetos now (laughs) i had some today fuck Um, you really yeah Oh, we have Jeff Cobb, Keith Lee, who is fantastic. Great for Keith Lee to be in this. Ray the most charming smile ever. And a great dude all around. We have Ray Phoenix, uh, Trevor Lee. I've left out the last couple of people here because, um, holy shit, Volta is going to be in this. If you haven't seen Volta wrestle, he used to go by Big Daddy Volta. I'm saying that's that. such a German name. That is such yeah. a German name that they would give to themselves. Uh, from like as an English, like a German exchange student would completely name themselves that. He is. Uh, Don't even deny it, Dominic. <laughs> he is a part of Ringkampf with um, Timothy Thatcher, and I'm. Ring-Kampf. I think they have a third member, but it's not Axel Dieter okay. Jr. anymore because he is now in NXT, which is great. Does he still have the same name? No, I wish he did, but he does not. That's so fucking... Dis- oh, Dieter yeah. is the most German name of all time. Yeah. It's one of my mom's... That is my mom's favorite German name. Every time she thinks of some generic German name, it's always Dieter. Dieter. Um, so Volta of WXW fame, uh, he was in the 16 carat tournament, which Dan, I'm sorry. I still haven't finished. I'll get on it. I'm sorry, dude. It's just, hard. I love, I love how our podcast is constant, like asides to <laughs> yes. listeners that other That's people fine. probably have no idea. Hey, fan are. service. If you want, if you listen to our show, just say, Hey, I listen to your show and we will talk about you because apparently people listen to this and don't tell us. I, I know, which is. Now I'm scared to find out who does listen to this. I don't if care. I, might say I, so. I don't. I don't say mean things unless it's Bray Wyatt. But yeah, Dominic's our German listener. Germany being my favorite yes. country. Shout out to Dominic. That I don't live in. Um, Dominic with a K. We also have uh, good old Donnie Dijak, who Ugh. I'm very. Uh, I was very jealous and sad because, as I said, can't go. Um, reason I can't go is, um, this weekend I will actually be back in Long Beach at the Civic Center for, uh, Long Beach Comic Con, uh, and OTLG will be representing with a table, so. No fucking way, really? Yes, ma'am. Sweet. When are you leaving? Um, I don't know. Oh, so it's that week, Bola weekend you're gonna be at the Comic Con? Yes. Oh, okay. I might, Dude. uh, I might fly down there. I have not decided yet. I remember I tweeted to Donovan Dijak once. I was like, he has the greatest wrestling name. He does. I fucking love it. It just rolls off the tongue. It sounds so fucking cool. Yeah. I love it. It just, the the two names just sound perfect together. They don't sound awkward. It's just a great wrestling name. I love it so much. Uh, The last two competitors, well, I mean, the last two announced competitors would be the uh, Super Strong Style 16 winner, Travis Banks. Um, Oh my God, these last two. 
and announced, I believe, yesterday or the day before, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, um, Flash Morgan Webster, the king of I'm mod so himself. Um, I'm so excited for that one. Flash Morgan Webster, also a fellow Slytherin and huge Harry Potter nerd. He is apparently the nicest boy of all time. Doesn't surprise me. He has very pink Welsh cheeks, which my family has too, where your cheeks look like you were constantly pinched as a child. <laughs> I have those. But Travis Banks, oh my God, he yeah. got double booked. Oh, he did? Because then he's supposed to be a, she's supposed to be a King of Trios. Oh my God, Which is God, also the is same he? weekend. I, I don't know. I haven't, um, I haven't seen any of the King of Trios competitors. Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, awards CCK and Travis Banks. Were really? booked for King of Trios. I'm gonna look and this up. King real of Trios, quick. Mike Quackenbush, who also is filed for pat, um, trademarking Jervis's name, but let's not talk about that because I'll go on a rant that is not. Yeah, this is already. To to this to. podcast is already. This too already long. way too long. But yeah, Travis Banks got double booked like Cedric Alexander last year. Interesting. I'm looking he was at, at King this. King of Trios last year. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now, and... I will cry if Chris Brooks somehow ends up at Bola. I will fucking cry. I'm already freaking out because of Flash Morgan Webster, because that means I just get an excuse to dress mod in public. I do not see Travis Banks' name. I see Chris Brooks, um, Elijah, and Kid Lycos. Oh, really? Because yes. um, everyone I've been talking to, they're like, he got double booked. He was supposed to be at King of Trios with Chris Brooks. Apparently not. Okay, sweet. Get them all to ourselves. But yeah, if oh man, I would cry. I love Chris Brooks so oh. much. Did I mention that? Um, yeah, you did. Um, apparently, um, in this we have House Throwbacks, which is Dasher Hatfield, uh, Mister Touchdown, and one Simon Grimm, aka Simon Gotch. What the fuck? Apparently, he's um, yeah, he's been uh, he's gonna work Chikara. That's interesting. That's I mean, perfect for him, honestly. Yeah, definitely. That's completely perfect. Um, do you guys any- don't ever get rid of that mustache? It's the greatest mustache. Do you got anything did. else? I feel like we need, really need to wrap this up because the no, longest podcast. No, we definitely do because time. everyone's falling asleep. Okay, here we go. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search Tornado Tag Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Marianne on Twitter. Sailor Moonsault. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Tornado Tag Radio and rate and review us as well. Also, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash B-N-O-T-L-G. Shout out to Finally North. They do our music, soundcloud.com slash Finally North or finallynorth.com. Head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our TTR shirts. I actually should probably make a tank top because I didn't make one for this show, so I will do that. Side note, Chuck Taylor is now making his shirts and tank tops for the summer. There you go. Get on that shit. There's a best friends one that I don't have yet. Uh, support TTR and all the other podcasts. Become a Patreon, patreon.com slash NOTLG. Huge shout out to Chris, Brazilian underscore Fury. Did y'all uh, have a long, awkward hug? I, I don't know if it was awkward, but yeah, we had a hug and we talked. And uh, it was good times. It was good to see him. Uh, he was doing his Sonata cosplay. So his hair was all spiked up and it looked fantastic. Um, yeah, so he's our still our newest patreon if anybody wants to give us money i mean we're, we won't we won't say no that's a thing i mean i might but i like controversy. yes you do so uh, join us again next week as um hopefully marianne is not turned into a puddle um is still alive after whatever happens tonight at um pwg um i might be a puddle because it'll be 100 degrees kelvin outside
that too. Who knows? So uh, there's only one thing left to do. So, Marion, if you will. Ring the bell. And I am looking at the door, and I'm I see this man in a powdered blue suit, and he is walking up to the door. Okada. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that sounds that sounds like something he would wear. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, he, sorry. He, Continue. Can you let me tell the story? Sorry. <laughs> Jesus, it's like fucking ruined. You just fucking ruined the punchline. Then cut it out. Cut it out. Well, I'm gonna fucking leave this in the uh, in the outtakes. Is what's gonna happen? <laughs> Okay, let's try that again. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NLTLG.com.